1: book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. and I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Do you feel like you negotiate with yourself? Have you ever thought about what your non-negotiables are? What's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be here with you with another episode with my great friend Jessica Brothers, who is a lifestyle coach, who's an incredible human being, who in this episode is going to lay out the structure and strategy for creating the life that you want to have. Um, in fact, creating a 10x life, which I'm sure you saw. As the title of this episode. Jessica and I connected through Grant Cardone's 10X community, and immediately we clicked, running into each other at event after event after event. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the importance and the power of investing in yourself, of getting a coach, of creating non-negotiables in your life, and ultimately learning how to show up for yourself to be the person that you know you're capable of being, and obviously the hardest thing that we do, being the hero of our own story. This was an amazing conversation for me, one, because I, I get to sit down with someone who I consider to be a very close friend, and two, because I know, Unbroken Nation, that you are going to take so much from her experience and her story about how she's overcome so many of the hurdles of life to ultimately become that hero in her own story. I'm very much looking forward to this. Thank you for being here Unbroken Nation. We appreciate you, and without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up Unbroken Nation. Welcome to the Think Unbroken Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be unbroken. Our goal and company is to bring on guests and experts in the fields of mental, physical, and psychological health to help you overcome the past, to take back your power. And in this podcast, we are unedited and unfiltered, and we're going to give it to you real so that you can start to create massive change in your life. If you're curious about learning more outside the podcast, you can get a free copy of my book, Think Unbroken, at book.thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself, and that's where you are today. And I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you. And without further ado, let's get into the show. We'll be right back to the show. But before we do, I'm going to take a moment and tell you about my new book, Unbroken Man, A Man's Guide to Being the Hero of Their Own Story. I sat down a few months ago and realized that there are so many men in the world that need guidance, that need support, that need to learn about trauma, removing themselves from toxic masculinity, breaking down the barriers to vulnerability, getting unstuck, and ultimately learning the tools to become the hero of their own story. Unbroken Man is available for pre-order right now if you go to men.thinkunbroken.com, where you'll also get access to over a $1,000 in bonuses, including the six-week in-depth trauma healing coaching app, which you'll get instant access to. I created Unbroken Man to be accessible to everyone around the world, but it is written for men from the guise of a man, and I hope that you will find it to be a practical tool on your healing journey in the same way that thousands of men around the world have. So check out men.thinkunbroken.com thinkunbroken.com to pre-order. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my great friend, Jessica Brothers. Jessica, my friend, how are you today?
1: I am fantastic, Michael. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. You know, I, I get very very enthralled by the idea of having friends on my show when i get to have people on who i think are impactful change makers when i get to have people on who i feel uh, akin to to some degree and you are definitely one of those people i put into that category and so very excited to sit down and have this conversation and not only talk about your journey but have some parlay and some back and forth here. Um, but for those of you who do not know you, tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today. Oh
1: boy, yeah, absolutely. My name is Jessica Brothers. I am in the health and wellness industry. Uh, I've been in it for over 20 years now. I come from a background in graphic design uh, and I found my journey of health and wellness, honestly, to help myself. I struggled a ton with my own fitness, my own health. And still today I'm constantly learning. But when I realized the power that we have to change who we are in the perspective of who we are through fitness, through eating, through, you know, what we balance into our lives, through our mindset. Uh, I want to teach everyone what that, how to use that power, how to bring that power alive. And uh, that's why I am here today talking with you. And it's why I do what I do for sure.
0: I, um, I heard recently, I'd heard it before, but recently it kind of sat with me, um, this quote that says, turn your mess into your mission. And, and and I feel like that's incredibly true about my experience. And so I, I can't help but ask, was, was there a mess in advance of this that has turned this into your mission?
1: A mess is an understatement, Michael. It was like a tornado and I was caught in the center of it. You know, it's just like everything was happening around me. And I felt like I was out of control. And I was, the more out of control I felt, the more angry I felt. And the more I felt I did, the the more I felt like it slipped through my fingers at the same time. Um, you know, up until I was 23, that's when the pivotal point happened. And I can share the story of that pivotal point because I remember it like it was yesterday. But yeah, it was, it was a mess and a half, man. And I realized that I had created that mess and I had to take responsibility for it. Um, I was blaming everything else for it. And, and that's why I felt really out of control.
0: Yeah. And, and you're welcome to share it. I mean, that's based on your comfort level.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been in the gym pretty much my whole life. My uncle, owns a gym. And I remember at like nine years old, he taught me how to do a bicep curl. And I was so like, yes, I love this. And I used to watch the aerobics instructors. This is back in the eighties, you know, do their thing up on stage with their leg warmers. And I'm like, I want to do that one day. And uh, fitness, like the gym always, I loved it. I loved the atmosphere. So I was always in the gym. I remember being like 12 years old, getting up early in the morning, going for a run, coming back and doing sit-ups on my living room floor. And I remember my my family looking at me like I was weird. I was always looked at like I was the weird one. Um, but fast forward to, I, would, I, I turned 21 and I uh, was in a very ugly part of my life. It was my black hole, I call it. Um, I was drinking a lot and I, I hadn't drank until I was 21 really. Um, I had never done drugs at all until I was 21. And it all piled on so fast. And I was living the fast life with people that honestly didn't care two shits about me. Um, But it was fun, right? I felt like I was part of something for the first time in my life. So I didn't care what I was doing, how it was making me feel. Because for the first time in my life, I'm like, wow, I'm part of a crowd. And that's something I've always wanted to be like part of was of a crowd that always felt like the outsider. And, uh, but I woke up one day and I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. And I ended up going to a dojo and I found myself in this dojo and the master came up to me and said, have you ever practiced martial arts? And I said, no. So I got into martial arts, loved the discipline. It's the first time in my life I ever, Started practicing discipline because before discipline to me was like, oh, my God, that's no fun. Like, I want to be free as a bird, do whatever I want. Discipline sucks. You know, that's that's a boring life. But it was the first time I had tasted discipline, I was like, wow, actually, discipline gives you much more freedom. And I got my black belt. Um, super proud of that. But after classes, I used to go down the basement when there was a bag down there, a punching bag. And I would just play around and punch the bag. And one day there was a coach down there. I didn't know he was a coach, but I was just playing around. He goes, do you mind if I show you a few things? And of course I said, yes. And long story short, I got into training with him. I was a natural kickboxing fighter. He got me into some competitions and my very last competition. Now, mind you, I, I was a very angry person and I fought not because I was a competitive person, which I was, but because I was angry and I just, I honestly wanted to hit things and my last competition, I almost, I remember it, but it was as close to a blackout as I could remember during my fighting um, career, I guess. And the fight was over. I had won and I had hurt them pretty badly. Um, And I remember that feeling They end up in the hospital and something a wave came over me like i feel it right now i feel sick to my stomach ah. and a voice told me jessica you have so much power you can do anything you want to do and you're using it for destroying purposes isn't it time you use it for good and like that was my turning point point. and from that moment on i realized wow how can i do this opposite i started doing everything opposite anything that was unnatural started doing instead and I found the positivity in everything. My whole mindset attitude, my whole life changed from that point on.
0: That's powerful. Uh, you are one of the most positive people I know. I will say that. Um, and I, I think it's really powerful. Like I think it's funny sometimes we're messaging each other and you, you say something like I'm the most, I am a realist to the fucking core. And like sometimes the things that you say to me, I'm like, yep, she just, she looks at the world through this whole other light. And, and I, I resonate with that a lot, too. I mean, anger, I think, is just a, such a, a big part of the human experience. I think for myself, it's played both a detrimental and a pivotal role in my ability to be who I am today. And in my, my 20s, like you and I, I think, unfortunately, like probably the ma- vast majority of people who grew up in America, you know, when we hit 21, it's like party central, And for a lot of people that continues being their lifestyle. And, you know, you said something that I think is fascinating about, you know, hanging out with people who don't give a shit about you. And and I know how impactful that can be. And just watching the way that when you decide to like change your environment, because you have the choice to do so, that when you do that, those people who don't serve you or don't bring value to your life, they're the first ones to shun you. And and, you know, I I, I look at so many of these experiences of my own life and I think to myself, man, I'm really glad that I took those people out of my life because I wouldn't be where I am without them. And community like really, truly is everything, you know, and and as someone who also loves martial arts, like I think that there is, you know, there's that darkness we can tap into that can propel us. I've talked about it on this show before in the days where I'm like, I'm fucking exhausted. I don't want to do this i'm running three businesses i got these 52 people that depend on me i'm like leave me the fuck alone i go to that dark place sometimes and it's that extra little boost that reminds me like you know you're from nothing people expect you to fail you expect yourself to fail what are you going to do about it and and so i think that there is this really interesting parlay of being able to utilize that for good and and i love that you mentioned that and you brought that to attention because I don't think there's anything wrong with being angry. You should be it's a human emotion. Like it's a part of this, you should be able to feel what it's like to be pissed off. Yes. But you know what, you can use that anger to build something or you can use it to burn stuff down.
1: Yeah, it's it for sure. I mean, anger is is an emotion that any and anyone can feel right. But the power is what are you going to turn that energy into? When When you feel that anger? Are you going to, let it consume you and let it bring you down and let it control you or are you going to say hey you're my bitch right now okay i'm going to control you and i'm going to transfer i'm going to transfer you into this into momentum of building into showing up into proving people that i'm not going to fail into into using my power not giving my power away whatever it may be it's how you respond to the emotion and what because energy, you know, can't be created nor destroyed. It just gets transferred. It gets, you know, created, not created. It gets, yeah, transferred from, from thing to thing. You can. we have the power and the energy we feel because that's what emotion is. It's energy in motion. Uh, we can, we can convert it. That's where that was looking for into anything we want because you can't, that's just, that's, that's the power that I don't think a lot of people understand. Um, is when we feel an emotion, we have the power to convert it into anything we want. And, and you and I know that we can use it for good and for power. So I, I think it's a beautiful learning lesson.
0: Yeah. And and you can definitely use it for evil, which I have. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, the, the majority of my 20s was evil Michael. I, in, in, my, in my first book, I wrote, uh, I, I took the evil Michael to the backyard and I shot him. Um, that, was a, that was a joke I took from the movie Twister, if you ever remember that film, just aging myself briefly. Um, but, but there was some truth to that because I was like, fuck, man, you're destroying your life. Like, my life could not have been worse. I'm, I'm making $150,000 a year, but everything's a disaster, morbidly obese, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep. Like, this thing where I'm like, this anger is actually consuming me, mm. right? I didn't understand about this idea of what it means to be yourself and how you can craft yourself how you can create yourself and you know I, I sit and I look at you and the conversations we have like this is a human that has crafted themselves you have made you who you are what what has that process been like for you because I think a lot of people are like I have this idea about who I want to be but you know to bring it to fruition feels almost impossible
1: yeah and it does because If you feel like you're so far from what you want to be that that does feel impossible. It feels like a long journey to me. It feels like I'm ever growing. It feels like power. It feels like happiness in every moment. Like you can, you can achieve anything you want by first believing it's possible. And then I don't want to say fake the funk and fake it until you make it because there's, 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 I can say both ways on that, but you got to have the feeling first. You got to have the feeling of what kind of person you want to be or the life you want. You have to live it now in order for it to fill in. Like you don't have to have, you can have your goal, you can have your plan. And yeah, you want marks on how to get there. You do want some sort of plan, some sort of GPS, because that's really important. You want some sort of direction. And that is why I meditate every single morning. I meditate on my vision, who I want to be today, who I want to be tomorrow, who I want to be by the end of the year. And that puts me in the feeling now. And that feeling is power. It's happiness. And I've trained myself that the power really is in this moment right now. And if I can be happy right now and have that feeling that I've made everything that I've ever wanted come true, that's just going through the law is it, it just fills in like that's all the research I've been doing in the past, like five, six months, which is really, really beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about the feeling. It's about the power. You gotta, you gotta own that and, and have it right now um, and not let go of that because that's when you feel consumed by other things like what you were just saying, the anger consuming you have the happiness consume you instead.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting thought, and I, I've—I don't know that happiness has ever consumed me. Um, but in real time, as we're talking about, I go—I have my moments, right? But I don't know if I'm ever entirely—I don't think anyone could ever entirely be in, engulfed in happiness. You'd probably be living a very terrible lie. Um, <laughs> but I—I I think that like there, there's so much to what you said, like. And, and, and a word that comes to mind for me is like committing to it, yes. you know, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. I mean, fuck, most days are so hard. Like I wake up in the morning every single day, I put my feet on the ground and I have to remind myself I'm in control of my life because mm-hmm. this is difficult. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like if I don't do that, if I don't commit to myself and just be like, all right, I'm going to figure it out along the way which has been really the cornerstone of my life when I when I go and I look at my teens and my 20s as I was chasing money like that was the cornerstone I was committed to that I was like I'm going to go make money and then I'm going to waste it all and I'm going to be in debt right because I was not clear about what I wanted to do with the money right so there was a lack of clarity in my life but, as I got deeper into thinking about what I wanted to build, like for instance, when i when I came up with the idea for for this company for Think Unbroken almost six years ago now, which is kind of nuts, um, it was five and a half years. It was very much like, I'm just gonna do this until I don't want to do it anymore. Not not I'm gonna quit when it's hard, because mm-hmm. trust me, it is. not when it gets difficult, not when I'm tired but instead i'm going to go until the end and i said to myself well you have to do this until you die and that was my commitment and so unless something monumental shifts then i'm committing to building this business but that's the same commitment i have to everything my health my life we we have a mutual friend gary brecka who you know has us both on 87,000 vitamins and you know he, he's this amazing brilliant guy who helps people take their health back and you go, you know, what are you willing to do? This is the question I asked myself that changed my life forever, almost 12 years ago. They said, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And and I think that ultimately, for me, at least, and what I teach and Think Unbroken is, like, if it's anything less than an answer of no excuses, just results, your life's not going to be different. Mm-hmm. When, when you commit, when you think about these things that you do mentally emotionally physically financially which i think is a hold up for a lot of people like what what's your thought process in those moments when you're like this is the thing that i'm gonna go and create with my life
1: Mm, you know the decision is always for me it's a feeling it really is it always goes back to a feeling uh that's what it was back then and that's what it always is for me i mean yeah I'm never always happy. I don't think anyone on this earth can say they're happy 24 seven, but that's the game to me. That's the game because there's always, you know, outside elements. Uh, no one can, uh, I mean, have you ever tried meditating where you're trying to think about nothing, which never made sense to me. And you're thinking about everything. <laughs> the more you tell me to think about nothing, the more I think about everything, like, um, it's difficult. Um, you know, so, for me when it comes to creating my life it's choice by choice it's choice by choice i know that for me i want to be surrounded by good people helping them i want to be able to show up for people who need me i want to bring a smile to everyone's face that's my daily goal anyone i come in contact with can i make them smile can i flip their energy can I turn their day upside down? Will they accept my smile or will they turn it into whatever they feel, Um, you know? So for me, it's it's about a feeling and it's a moment to moment now because I'm such a perfectionist that when I had a plan and things weren't going to plan, it would trigger me and I didn't like that. So discipline, I'm very disciplined in my life with non-negotiables but then very free in other areas. And that's my balance. I realize it's different for everyone, but creating my, my personal goals, my financial goals, my professional goals, it really is a a moment to moment choice, knowing that my biggest outcome is to have impact to make happier people, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, for the longest time, I mean, it's, it's health and wellness, because I know that it all comes from the inside, which now is developing more into mindset and the power of our mindset and i get a lot of enjoyment from from that and speaking instead of doing it one-on-one in my gym then i got to be on podcasts and then i get to be on real life stages and and go in these networking things and and do it to a whole room and and to me that is that feeling of satisfaction of seeing someone else smile makes me grow because i know they're growing I and mean, that's the it's all about fulfillment. It really is. It's a feeling of fulfillment, um, except for when it comes to food because it can be really dangerous. You got to know the difference too between, um, you know, taking a leap of discomfort for the greater good and taking a leap of discomfort to your death, right? Um, there, there is that fine line. So yeah, it probably feels really good to jump off the cliff and feel like you're flying until you hit the ground. You're like, shit, you know, you're floating in the air like an angel. Like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that, you know.
0: (laughs) What's the name of that restaurant in Vegas where you can eat like the most big cheeseburger if you're like over 300 pounds or something? Heart attack burger? Is that what it's called?
1: You know what? It's so funny. On Fremont Street, someone just brought that up to me a couple days ago. Isn't that funny how life does that? Cause I'd never heard about it until honestly, like maybe four days ago, and now you bring it up, so I know that that is true yeah, it's heart attack burger it's down Fremont street
0: yeah one one of the regrets that I have from my twenties is when I was three fifty I didn't get to go eat there for free. <laughs> And now I'm like, I'm like, I well, I will never be that weight again. So I will have to pay. But like, also, you know, I think there's something interesting about taking in consideration and even committing to the the food that you put in your body. Mm. You know, because because food is fuel. And I I I until I recognized and truly understood that, like, I was just eating whatever the fuck I wanted, and and you know, it was a lot of fast food. It was a lot of like processed stuff, uh, more sugar than you can imagine. Like my idea of a good time was like gummy bears and chocolate cake. Like let's go. (laughs) Nothing's better than that. And, and you know, it, it it does take discipline and it comes to this place where you use the word that I want to talk about Mm non-negotiables. And I think that, you know, my my turning point, the pivot in my life was coming to the declaration of I'm not going to fucking negotiate with myself. Yeah. That's really what it was. I used to call myself a terrorist. I used to be like, I don't negotiate with terrorists. And I would fucking bring myself into the gym. I would go and buy the healthy food in the in the grocery store. I would not buy the pack of cigarettes, even though I walked into the, the fucking gas station to get them. And, and it was only through deciding to not negotiate with myself that I'm, I can promise you I'm here right now. Same reason we're doing 365 episodes of this show this year. We've already produced and delivered. I don't know what 76 or something like that. And it's not negotiable. I said it's done. So it's done. And I think that has become one of the greatest tools and we'll keep doing like, like my goal is 365 fucking episodes by hell or high water. And so my, my goal is to figure out how to do that. Right. Um, what are your non-negotiables and, and why does that actually matter to you?
1: Yeah. So the, the non-negotiables first off are my morning routine. I give my mornings to myself 100% to myself and it's a non-negotiable. I won't schedule a meeting. I won't schedule a coffee date. I won't schedule anything like that morning time me getting to bed to a time where I know I'm going to wake my ass up at the time I said I'm going to. So I can, I can do me, which is a whole routine. It's my nourishment. It's my micronutrients. It's my meditation. It's my breathing. It's watching the sunrise. It's me getting in my my flow. Uh, then listening to music, going to the gym, having nourishment, and, and that whole thing. That is my non-negotiable. And once I complete that, then I know I can show up to whoever needs me that day.
0: Do you and know what? Do you know who Jocko Willink is?
1: Oh yeah.
0: You are the sunrise of Jocko Willinks. <laughs> <laughs> if you follow Jessica on social, what's your what's your Instagram, Jessica?
1: At Jessica Brothers Life.
0: So if you go and follow her, she posts the sunrise every day. She is the Jocko Willink of sunrises. It's great. And and like that, that to me is interesting because you said that you're not negotiable. And so when you execute that stuff and you're like, shit, every day I'm getting up going to bed. I mean, I remember when we were in Atlanta together a couple of months ago, like you would come in on like the red eye at fucking four o'clock in the morning, but you were like, I'm committed. I'm getting here. I got there a day early because I was not about that life and, <laughs> and you're like, I'm committed, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna not make excuses and show up even when it's hard. And, and so when you go through and you have this morning routine and look, and you are, a, let's talk about this because I think it matters. You're a business person, you're an entrepreneur and you have a family. It's not like you are at just some nine to five job and, or even a stay at home mom or anything like that. Like you have this thing that you're building and I want to bring light to that because I think it matters because people always go, oh, well, you know, you must have it so much easier than other people, right? You get that time in the morning, but I feel like you make that time, right?
1: Yeah. I I would never, the joke used to be, I wouldn't wake up until the nines. I was never an early morning person. I was never a morning person. I was a night owl up until I would say five years ago, you know, uh, and I would work out at night, um, cause I would teach classes. And one day I said, you know what? I want to be a morning person. I want to create more time because now that I'm a mom, you know, all my time goes to my son. And when am I going to get me time? And I found I started losing myself. And that is when I put a stop to it. I was like, no, you know, you're starting to not love yourself as much. You're starting to do all the things that you used to do when you were very unhappy. Is that what you want? My answer was no. That's not what I want. So for the first 30 days, I was a freaking zombie, Michael. Like, I would get up at 4.30 a.m., and by 4 o'clock that evening, like, don't talk to me, man. Nobody wants to be around me. I was, like, a angry zombie, yawning, tired. It was horrible. Uh, Then I read the Miracle Morning book, and I was like, oh, shoot, I was doing it all wrong. So I I recreated a routine that filled my cup instead of getting up and working. That's what I was doing. I was getting up and working. I wasn't doing – I wasn't filling my own cup. And then I start filling my own cup, and I start getting a completely different result. So yeah, now it's a a non-negotiable. The only thing I will sacrifice now is my workout for sleep. That's it. That's it.
0: Yeah, and and even when you travel, I know that you work out, and that's one of the things that I do as well. And I look at it, I go, you know, like I don't even take vacation. Like if I'm on vacation, I'm still living the same life I do. I just happen to be doing it with a coconut on a beach in Thailand or Singapore or Belize or I don't know, wherever I happen to be. And and I think that's kind of the thing that that is so incredible about when you decide who you want to be is you can lay out all the parameters. And, and you know, I, I get people feel stuck like I get it. I was stuck for a long fucking time, but you're going to stay stuck as long as you choose to stay stuck. And I think that's a hard truth. Because we've been stuck. I've been stuck. I don't know anyone successful who hasn't been yeah. until you kind of make that choice and that declaration that this is what I'm going to go and do no matter what. You know, we we, we met each other through um, Grant Cardone's community. And so, you know, obviously the, the Unbroken Nation, we've talked about this many times, how Grant became an investor in my business. And we did this public speak in front of like 10,000 people, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, what I want to talk about is like the, the power of mentors for a second here, because I, I I recognize like individually, you and I, we coach and we mentor people, but we also have coaches and mentors. And and I would dare say, and I can't because I didn't know you then, but I would guess that you're a different person because of that, right?
1: 100%. Like even coaches need coaches. Everybody needs a coach. Uh, a, accountability. Be procrastination, we we all fall to that unless we force it or we have someone telling us, remember that thing you said you're gonna do? Um, We're more likely to be accountable to another person than we are to ourselves, 100% all the time, every time. We've let ourselves down so many times, we justify ourselves out of things so many times. I know I used to, not anymore, not for my non-negotiables. And even now and then, I'll find myself doing it, it's usually for food. It always goes back to food for me. Uh, but then some days I'm like, fuck it. You know, like last night I went to Nacho Daddy. Like I won't keep that, that stuff in my house. But if I want it, and then this is the question I ask myself do you want it because of an emotion, because of a trigger? Or because you're craving it? Like, what is it? And how are you going to feel after you have it? So I make sure I'm okay so it doesn't trigger me into a a downward slope like it used to. And I was like, fuck it. I want it. I'm going to have it. I deserve it. All week long, I am good without even thinking about it because it's just a habit now. So I went to Nacho Daddy and had a freaking plate full of nachos, you know? And I'm good with that. Like, I'm good with that. So as long as you're, you're okay with your choices too, you you gotta be, it's, it always comes back to, to that feeling, but, uh, mentors, um, when I was struggling with my last bit of food addiction, I hired a coach, a food coach where every single day I had to track my food and, and turn it into them. And it was a struggle. Because many times I'm like, "Mm, if if I hide this food, they won't know. I'm like, yeah, they will. It's going to show up on the scale tomorrow, you know? And so there was no hiding. I knew that if I cut corners, that it was going to show up. And I'm like, enough of that, Jessica. Look, you want this for yourself. Why are you going to try to cut corners? Why are you going to... Not do the thing that you said you were going to do and keep getting the result that keeps you in that place of unhappiness and anger and disappointment and devaluing yourself, uh, breaking up that relationship with yourself, taking away all that self-love that you've built up. Why are you going to do that? And it it made me realize, no, I'm not going to do that. I hired this coach to keep me accountable. I'm going to be accountable. I was with this coach for an entire year. And I was even iffy about going off of it, but I wanted to make sure that I built the habit enough to be okay on my own. Um, And I am. I built a completely different relationship with myself, having that mentor, having that coach. And since then, I've graduated with coaches. The the same person who takes you to one place may not be the same person that takes you to the next. So realize that too.
0: Yeah. There's truth in that. You know, I look at one one of the things i try to tell people when they come into coaching with me i say my goal is to get you out of here as soon as possible uh, i don't i don't want you here forever because you know, i don't I also don't want to be coached by the same people forever because that means i'll probably you know john maxwell's law of the lid eventually you're going to be at the cap of what you can learn from that person and then go no further and you know i've had moments where for lack of a better way to phrase it like i've i've let clients go i've been like you're you're free like go do this go live your life i promise you you've got all the skills everything that i can possibly teach you you have and and in that you know it's really beautiful to get to watch people have these major transformations we'll be right back to this episode of the Think Unbroken podcast in just a moment but i wanted to invite you to come and join the Think Unbroken Discord community If you don't know about Discord, it's being built on Web3, which is a platform that we as the users get to own. So no more Instagram or Facebook or algorithms getting in the way of you seeing and and being a part of content. In the Discord channel, we're going to grow this to hundreds of thousands of community members, hopefully over time, but today it's small, it's close, it's intimate, where you'll be able to get access to live coaching with me, where you'll have chat with the Unbroken Nation community, where you can talk about a range of topics, anywhere from thinking about habits and growth mindset, goals, trauma, recovery, dating, relationships, career, accountability, business, meditation, feedback, and more. And so all you have to do is go to thinkunbroken.com slash discord. That's thinkunbroken.com slash discord. That's D-I-S-C-O-R-D to join the Unbroken Nation community. And, and, and you said something I think is interesting. You can hold yourself accountable. I believe that. Like, I'm fucking super stubborn. Like, if I say it's done, it's done. Like, the accountability for me comes because when I go look in the mirror, like, I don't want to bullshit myself doesn't mean I don't fuck up because I do. I promise I'm going to fuck up today. I probably already fucked up nine times. Like I'm going to have to clean up some messes. That's how it goes. But I go, all right, if I'm going to commit, I'm going to show up. I'm going to go through this 100%. And there are some bigger things where, you know, when I look at coaching and, and the people who mentor me, who I'm very, very fortunate to have in my life, you know, it's I'm measuring them against, I'm going, these guys are my peers. I'm just not there yet. You know, it's kind of like, when you're in the NBA and your ass is on the bench and fucking Kobe's in the game, it's like, yo, you're going to be in the bench for a minute. Like you better get your fucking game up. And, and that's kind of how I look at, I just go, okay, cool. What can I watch them do? How do they dribble? How do they pass? How do they do this or do that? How do they talk? How do they care themselves? How do they show up in the world? And that, that to me is why I have coaches because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like that's the most interesting thing. You know, I only know as much as I know, and that's all I know. And then I don't know what I don't know. And so because of that, I just, I constantly want to be learning. And and I think too, like sometimes you can like overlearn. I think I've learned some really important lessons in the last few years about um, too many cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. and I always caution people about that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it back to Grant real quick for a moment, because prior to this, I was listening to him um, at GrowthCon from last year uh, talking about like, If you have not read a book enough that you can recite the entire book, then you don't understand the book. And I was like, shit, that's so fascinating to me because I've bounced around place to place to place. And I've been consumed with this idea of like, I'm going to read as many books as humanly possible, which part of that is my human curiosity. But part of it is too, because I can take skills and like implement them immediately when I do that. Like last year, I read 62 books. And this year I'm reading fifty because I already declared it, so it's done. But I was like, next year, what if I only read ten books? But I read them again and again and again. I don't know, have you I, I'm just kind of like spitballing here from this experience I had earlier today, but what are your thoughts with stuff like that? Can can we be like overcoached? I guess is what I'd call it.
1: Yeah, I can completely relate to that. Uh and I'm glad you bring that up because I'm reflecting over over things that have happened where I was like, wow, that's, that's why I did what I did. But yeah, oh my God, you can, you can have an overload of information, right? Um, I mean, you go to a seminar and you get overloaded with so much information. You almost get like information paralysis. You don't know how to actually bring it into your life or implement it. And you just throw your arms up and be like, fuck it. You know, uh, it's, <laughs> what do I do with all this shit? Right. Um, yeah, so you can actually, I know for me personally, I can get information overload and I'll keep researching more and more and more and think I need more information. Uh, and I realized that I used to do that. And then I started like stepping out of that and being like, why am I doing that? Am I not implementing it for fear of what? Am I not? Is it too much information? Why do I feel the need to have more? what is going on where i'm not taking the information and implementing it into my daily routine um what what am i stopping myself for and a lot of the time we'll keep consuming information because of fear of actually implementing it or maybe we don't believe in ourselves enough um and i do believe that you can have too many coaches because it becomes very conflicting information Like one coach is telling you one thing. Another coach is telling you another thing. You're like, ah, right. Brings, it brought me back to the mindset of like, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because everything I'm being told. Isn't making any sense. And I too, when I got into audible, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to read, you know, a book a week. That was my first thing. I'm going to read a book a week. I was so proud of myself, you know? Go ahead. You you have something to say to that? No, no, please. Oh, <laughs> I'm
0: just laughing. Then, I think it's funny. I get it.
1: You know, and and then I got into the whole hiring coaches and mentors, and it was too much. And then when I found Grant, um, I realized, and I didn't even realize I did this until you spoke about this. I put all the other books aside, and I took three of his books and kept honestly, all last year. That's all I listened to. I should say it's all I listened to. I did listen to other books. I'm not going to lie, but, um, I listened to his books probably over and over again. I don't know each, each of these three books I really love. Uh, I don't even know how many times, 20 times maybe each. And that was more powerful to me than the book a week I read in my first year of personal development. So, yeah, there's definitely some power to that. And I realized that I let go of all my other mentors as well because I was consuming so much of Grant and his community. And it brings me back to my 20s where I felt like I was part of something where I truly belong this time where I could blossom. There's definitely power in that for sure. Yeah, I,
0: I love that. And so really, I guess the biggest takeaway here is rethink unbroken again. Yeah, it was plug. You know, I, I think quite frequently, you, you said community. One of the things people always talk about on on the show, one of the things I talk about, I have the three C's, community, commitment, connection. Like it is everything. Sure. And, and and I haven't shared this on the show before, but me being a part of the 10X community, and look, whether or not you like Grant Cardone, I give two shits. I don't like half the shit he says. Like, I'm like, whatever, old white guy. But you know, I, I, I love him. I, and, and I love his honesty and I love who he is as a person and like behind the scenes for those of us in the community, like you and I who know him like for real, for real, he's one of the most giving human beings that, that I've ever known. And so I just want to preface that. Cause I know somebody's listening to like, fuck Grant Cardone. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Fuck him. But like, he's great too. So yeah. like, I understand, but my point in saying this is to, to lead to this point, the community that I've been able to foster through what he has built has given me the ability to sit here and have this conversation with you. Have conversations with amazing friends like Ken Jostling, like Joel Burl, like 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 um Gary Brecka, like Matt Smith, like I mean Miriam, the, the list goes on and on and on of all these incredible people brought together around one idea. And I and I'm curious, and this is why I'm asking this, because like when I look at this community, I go, man, I feel so ostracized sometimes. As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a leader, as a podcast host, because like I love my best friends, but I cannot talk to them about the stuff like you and I talk about because they're like, dude, shut up. Why the fuck are you talking about this again? I'm like, because I love it. And and then in this, the, the thing that I get that I gather from it is the same thing I'm always teaching my clients about, the same thing I'm talking about on this show all the time, that you have to have community because you can't do whatever you're going to do alone. And that big overarching thing that I feel like I'm frequently moving towards is just a bigger life. Like I feel like I feel like I've been lied to about possibility. Part of it's trauma, right? Part of it's the abuse we suffer. Like, you know, my, my clients, the people, the unbroken nation who listen to this show, so many of us have been hurt. We've been through pain. We've been through suffering. Some of us have been homeless and abused and put in shelters. And you know, you think of the worst case scenario. Sometimes what these people email me and I love them dearly to be able to support them is just like the darkest shit you can imagine. Mm. But in this community, the reason why I've I've attached myself to it so much is because I like, I look at it and I go, we have all stepped into that thing where you take the red pill and you start watching the matrix shape itself. And you realize that when you are around other people who are bending the world to them, instead of them bending themselves to the world, that the perspective of possibility just, it opens up in a way that I've never bore witness to. I never like, I'll give you a perfect example. Growing up in, in my neighborhood, being evicted multiple times, being homeless, living in 30 different houses, I only saw fear, poverty, guilt, rats and roaches, buy here, pay here places, car repos, like the worst of humanity. And then I'm like, fucking a month ago, sitting and having dinner with you and a couple of billionaires. Yeah. You, you know, and I look at that, I go, it's not about money. And I want to be clear about that. I don't give a shit about money, but it's about the thought, it's about the process, it's about that thing we can build. And this is, I'm laying out literally the three C's that I talk, right? So, community. The first thing is like, are you in a community in which supports that thing that you want in your life? And then connection, like, are you guys on the same plane? Because if you're not connected, and look, not everybody's gonna be like, some people in this community suck. I'll call it what it is. It's true. It is. Sometimes people suck, period. Like, I suck sometimes. I know somebody listens like, fucking hates me. It's fine. I get it. And and (laughs) you have the right connection. But most importantly, in the third one, it's coming back to where we kind of started this and talking about commitment. Mm -hmm. Like, and so, you know, you see the people in these communities, like this one that you and I share together. And the reason I'm bringing this up, because I'm always teaching and I just want to, like, put my money where my mouth is here for a second, because on the backside of having that community, that connection, that commitment, we also had to do what I call team, which is this acronym I created, T-E-E-M, time, effort, energy, or money. You have to invest one, but chances are, if you really want shift, you have to invest all four. And so I I, I want to bring this to light because I think people hear me talk about this and like, well, are you really doing it? I'm like, Yeah, motherfucker, because this is what it takes. And so I sit here and I look at you and I go, You get you're a part of the three C's, you get team. Talk to me about like what community has done for you in your life. and, oh my God. and, and the other side of it though also is the investment into the community.
1: Yeah. I mean so, talking about uh, childhood, uh, number one, limited beliefs. Right? Um, I was I was always told I was weird. I was always like, "Oh, Jessica, it's okay that you look the way you do. Like there was something wrong with it. Oh, it's okay, Jessica, that you think the way you do. Like there was something wrong with it. But just be quiet. Don't be heard. You know, um, people are going to think you're weird, or you don't you don't fit in, or Jessica, just put on some makeup and you'll look pretty. All right. It was always about my external because my internal was weird. No, I wasn't allowed to shine it at all. So I felt like I never belonged anywhere. I felt like who I was was wrong. Therefore, I I hated myself, to be honest. And then I allowed people to abuse me. I was abused at a very young age. I, I abused myself all the way up into, you know, my 20s. Um, and then I became more aware of it. Is because I didn't love myself. I didn't have that relationship with myself. I thought I was a mistake. I really did. I thought I was a mistake and I didn't fit in anywhere. Um, you know, but then I realized, fast forward to the community, that I literally just found a year ago. So so between that time, I was very much a loner. I, I had friends, but I never had friends. Um I, I, I talked about things they wanted to talk about because I, I, I felt judged when I wanted to talk about the things I wanted to talk about. Um, I wasn't interested in drama and, and talking about this person or that person. I wasn't interested in talking about, you know, what's going on in the world. I want to talk about my life, how I want to create it. Why, why do I think so differently? And I always, so I became, I was very much a loner. Up until, honestly, a year ago, a little over a year ago, when I found the grant community. And that seems so crazy. I mean, even the leader of my own community, I still had walls up. I still had barriers of this person I thought I had to be in order for for them to follow me. Being in the fitness world, I thought I had to have this perfect, like, like, body. I had to look a certain way. I couldn't have a dimple on my butt you know, God forbid I, I show that, you know, or, or I have a roll in my stomach or, or whatever. I can't, I can't show an age or anything. I felt like I had to be this perfect thing. And I realized that was because when I was younger, it was all about my external look, Jessica, wear makeup. You look pretty and do your hair and dress nice. And everything was external. And I, that was my last puzzle piece until last year. Well, first came shaving my head. That was a whole another freedom. (laughs) I just didn't give a fuck anymore. I made my sister shave my head, and that was one of the happiest days of my life. I felt free, and I said, "I'm never going back." This is me. Take it or leave it. If you don't like it, don't fucking look at me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you like it, thank you. Maybe you'll have the balls one day to do it too. You know, (laughs) it is a part of me. But and that was that was about three years ago. I did this. Now everyone's doing it. I definitely didn't start it. Maybe I did. But finding that community changed me because I love, you said it so beautifully, Michael, how these people didn't bend themselves to fit into the world. They, they bent the world around them to fit them. And it was the first time in my life I ever experienced my people. And it was just weight lifted off my shoulder and my wings came out, man. Like I was like, oh my gosh, this, these are my people. I can actually be me and talk about the shit that's inside my head. And people are like, wow, that's great. Tell us more. I've never had that in my life. So there it was freeing. It shaped me uh, at a 10 X. It, it definitely, it, it catapulted me because for the first time in my life, I could be freely me unapologetically I was given that permission. It was almost like I needed to be given that permission. Community is everything. Community will shape you. They will hold you back. They will help you fly. They will expand your mind and get rid of all those limited beliefs you were told previously by people that would tell you things because it was through their filter, through their perspective, or because it benefited benefit them. You know, when I started changing, I think I lost 99.99% of the people in my life. Because I no longer benefit them in the way that it served them. I wanted to then, I wanted to take control of my choices and start benefiting people the way it benefited me. and not selfishly, but self-fulfillingly. And people couldn't understand that. And I was okay with that because pretty much I felt alone anyway. so why, why did I need them around me? And the and community showed me more about that. So having that support from the right community will change everything for you, 100%. Yeah.
0: And, and yeah, you're spot on. And, you know, it's, you know I look at that also because that community can raise you as well while, mm-hmm. while you're in it and give you opportunity and support you and hold you accountable. Like, I mean, when, when, I, when I moved to Denver, I knew literally four people. Now these are very close friends and I love them dearly. But I didn't know anyone else. And so I I met this guy who was running this 10X just meetup named Jake and his awesome wife, Sandra. And they have been phenomenal, right? And so what happens when you find community, even, you know, the, the Unbroken Nation, as I continue to build the community for them to have that place to live, it's like... I have that community, but I have this other community over here, too, because they both serve different purposes. But there's continuity between the two of them because it makes me feel like I I don't make me like it is my home. These are the places where I exist, where I live, you know, and and we're getting ready to launch the Think Unbroken Discord here soon, where everyone's going to be able to go chat with each other every day and be a part of that. You know, and that's something I'm super excited about. And you said something, you know, about shaving your head and you're like, you know, I look at like, I'm covering tattoos, right? Gold, gold ring in my nose, like working on trying to get a gold tooth. It's a little bit more difficult than I thought it was going to be, but, but, you know, it's like, that's who I am. And if people don't accept that perfect uh, example, I'm in the elevator I'm getting ready to go to this thing the other day. And this woman is just scowling at me. Like I can just tell she's so mad that I have tattoos. I'm like, that has nothing to do with me. And I looked at her I go, I just, I hope you have an amazing day. That's it. That's the only words exchanged. But I could tell she was looking at me, judging me. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I hope that you have a great day because your judgment of me has nothing to do with me. One of the things I I want to go back into this a little bit deeper, though, not necessarily from a monetary standpoint. You can say whatever you want. But I want to talk about the investment side of things and why that matters. Because from from my perspective, this is me, and I believe this probably holds true to everyone. Like, if any time anyone... Let's say you created the thing that I needed most in my life, Jessica. If you gave it to me for free, I wouldn't even fucking do anything with it. Yeah, it true. would be on my desk collecting dust. And I have found that the only way the only way I take anything seriously is investing that team, time, effort, energy, money. What What has the investment side of things not only done for you, but but taught you about yourself?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, you gotta have skin in the game. Number one, you do. It's the only way you're going to pay attention to it. I've given away so much free shit in my life. I used to even coach people for free and I realized that whole time I was devaluing myself Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't feel valuable because I was giving myself away for free. I mean, if you work for free, you feel like you have no value because there's no exchange and there has to be an exchange. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial, right? But it has to be uh, something beneficial. There has to be some kind of equal exchange and Anything that I was ever given for free, I, I never took it seriously. I never took it. I didn't think it was valuable because it's free. Free is not valuable. How many times do you get a free sample? I mean, maybe not anymore, but in the mall. You used to go to the bottom level where all the food court was, and they'd be giving out free samples. And then I would just take them, and not because I even liked the restaurant. Forget it. Like Half those places I wouldn't eat at, but I, I took it because it was free, and not because I would ever – even eat there or how many times did I want to go on a diet and I, I download the free meal plan. Never once did I ever follow any of those thousands of free meal plans. I downloaded. Um, and I even had someone coach me for free once. I never showed up. I never showed up you know what, because it was that's free. Telling. What's that?
0: So that's very telling.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and you know what, they, they didn't even hold me accountable. Like, because it was free, there was no value in it. I wasn't showing up. They were giving me no value. It just, it's like, why, why? And then I got uncomfortable. Um, I started giving myself my time, my time. And that's where the discipline of the morning routine came in. And then the relationship with myself, because I was investing time and energy into me. I started connecting with that relationship in myself on a real different level. I, I could actually start talking to myself while looking at myself dead in the eyes in the mirror, which before I used to just laugh at myself and because I was uncomfortable, because I didn't believe myself, because I thought it was a joke. So when I started investing the time and the energy in me, everything really started changing. I started realizing, wow, I do have more value. Wow, I do have a lot to give. Wow, what I have is very unique and valuable. And it started showing up in a different way. And so Then I started investing more into uh, books, audible, little things, and then the dollar amount would grow. I started investing more money and, and the result became bigger. Uh, But you do, I was investing the time. I was doing the energy. um, and, And the financial became bigger and bigger and bigger as well. I mean, last year I said, screw it. I went diamond for my first time ever going to growth con because my non-negotiable was I need to be in the room with the people that invest big in themselves. I want to be with the Why does that people. matter? That matters because you're around a whole different mindset. You're going to spend energy every single day, right? Just like you're going to spend money every single day. You have to choose what you spend your energy and money on. Are you going to choose to spend your energy on people that don't value you? Are you going to choose to spend energy in conversations that don't reciprocate? Are you going to choose to spend your money on McDonald's food that makes you feel like shit? Either way, you're spending the time and the money. Or are you going to spend the money on a good steak? And you're going to spend your energy in conversations with people that provide learning lessons and value and break your beliefs. Either way, you're spending that time and money. It's the quality. I mean, I know people who will go out and buy a good pair of shoes that cost like $500 for the comfort and that they're going to last, you know, eight years. As opposed to the $10 shoes where you have to buy a thousand of them in the next five years and investing more money anyways. I mean, you're going to spend the time. You're going to spend the energy. You're going to spend the emotion. You're going to spend the money. It's the quality of what you're going to be receiving. That's why it matters. That's
0: yeah. why it matters. That's a really good point. And I um, I bought my first pair of expensive jeans last summer after literally, I did the math. I got, I'm a big dude. All right. And I'm six foot, four, two, <laughs> like big old ass. My thighs, no bullshit. This is a ridiculous thing to say, but my thighs are bigger than most people's entire body. And so my, I, my jeans <laughs> just rip all the time. And I was always buying these cheap jeans from TJ Maxx. I had this limited mindset where I was like, and this goes all the way back to childhood because all of our clothes used to come from the Goodwill hand-me-downs um, or the church, and so we or you know Walmart. Walmart was about as good as the clothes we we're ever going to get in our childhood, and that's if we were super lucky. But sometimes they would get returned after we'd wear them for like school pictures and shit because like we were poor. <laughs> I know it's crazy. We were that poor. And so we, you know, being in my 20s and my 30s, I was like, okay, shit. Like, I, I'm literally buying another pair of TJ Maxx jeans like fucking every month. Mm. And I put together, I did the math one day and I, I realized that I spent $500 on cheap jeans in one year. Mm. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Cause every time they'd rip, cause inevitably they would, I'd be like, I have to go buy another pair. And so I went and bought a nice pair of jeans, an expensive pair of jeans, like real cotton. And they, I mean, these things are going to outlive me. They literally are. And, and the reason that I'm, I'm using this as an anecdote is because I think that it truly applies to the way that we invest everything in our lives. You can go and have 37 pairs of the terrible jeans or save your money to get the one, right? And it took me cutting out things that didn't matter. It took me not spending money, not wasting it on shit that wasn't important to be able to do that. But also like you, I've said this on the show before. I'm the same guy who wouldn't spend $5 on a fucking book 10 years ago. I wouldn't. I refused it. I was like, this is nonsense. And today, like just the other day, I spent five figures for an event. And that to me is not about the money because the money will come and go. The money is energy. You have to learn how to understand how to make money and use money and what money can do for you. And as a kid who was homeless and deeply in poverty, nothing in my life has ever been more terrifying about anything than money. And it wasn't really until I started to understand the truth about it, probably about six years ago when I was like, oh, it doesn't actually disappear. It just goes into other things, right? Whether it be the cell phone or glasses or hat or bank account or whatever, it's gonna ebb and flow. But when you make a concise and clear decision with massive clarity about what you want and you do what it takes to get that thing, you can have it. And so in the same way that people might listen to this and go, oh, well, you guys are lucky you're successful. There's no fucking luck involved in this. I, there's not a lucky moment of my life. There's a lot of preparedness. There's a lot of putting myself in a position to be successful. And there's a lot of investing in myself. And I look at it now and I go, okay, cool. What will the moment be like when I can invest $100,000 into an event, right? If that ever comes, which I'm sure it will. That's what I want to do is build wealth into my life. But, you know, you, you can't be scared of it. I think that's the thing that I want people to take away from from really this whole conversation, is is you are going to have fear. Like I, I don't, I, I'm not gonna put words in your mouth, but I'm gonna guess. Any time you've written a big check or you've gotten on a plane or you went to do that, you went and fucking spoke in Dubai. There's fear in those moments, and and I believe that you can either let those fears hold you back, or you can figure out a way to navigate that shit.
1: So true. So true. You know, and that, that money thing. I, I grew up that there's a limited amount of money. You have to work really, really hard for money. That money only flows to certain people. Like, I'm never one of those successful people, I was told. Only, only special people can be successful. You know, uh, there's not enough money to go around. Um, money is rare. Like, if you get it, hold on to it. That was, that was the belief I grew up with. Then I realized money is so common, so common. You can get money from anywhere. You can go, I could go downstairs, go up to a person, ask them for $5 right now. Maybe they'll give it to me. Maybe they won't. But it's so common, everyone has it. And we're so afraid to exchange it for things that are unique, like an experience to growth con for a coach, for things that can change your life, for a unique experience. Why are we so afraid to give up something so common? And we're not even giving it up because like you said, it's converting. That money is converting into a unique experience. You're taking something so common. And I'm grateful that we have something so common that we can convert into a unique experience for ourselves, whatever it may be, you know, um, like that nice pair of jeans, Now you, now you're going through a different experience wearing a more expensive pair of jeans, and maybe that makes you show up more confidently. It gives you an experience to talk about something, right? It gives you so exchanging that common money for, for that unique experience to be able to talk about that today. I mean, you wouldn't have had that if you didn't flow the currency of money because money is meant to flow. It's a currency. Water is a currency. It, it flows. you got to go into the flow, just like energy. You can't stop energy. You can't stop the flow of, of you know, water. I guess you come with a dam, but the energy in it. Everything is energy. It all comes down to the energy. You can't stop the flow of energy. The second you do or you try, that's when shit hits the fan, man. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But money's yeah. common.
0: Yeah, it is. I, I love what you said with it being currency. That's so true. I've never thought about it in that light. I just always thought, you know, gr- growing up, that's like, I think money is probably the most detrimental trauma that anyone has to overcome subjectively, let me be very clear. There's context in that. But but I've come to discover like that, that was the thing and people are stuck in debt and credit cards and they're worried about gas prices. You know, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I don't give a shit. The gas could be $25. I'm going to find a way to afford it. You will always find a way for the thing that you need in your life. And, and trust me, I've worked two or three jobs at the same time. Actually, I worked three jobs at one time, right? I've, I've worked the 100-hour work weeks. I've killed myself. And so I don't want people to sit here and be like, oh, these guys are preaching from the pedestal. Their life is so great. Mm-hmm. It's taken a tremendous amount of work to get to this place. And, and I, I know even to just sustain, it's a tremendous amount of work. And to go where I want to go next is a tremendous amount of work. And and ultimately everything that you want, you can have, like, I believe it. You can have it, but it's about your mindset. It's about what you decide. It's about how you show up. It's about how you face your fear. It's about all the things that we've been talking about today. It's about creating yourself. You have the ability. It's right here for you, but nobody's going to hand you this shit. There is no Disney moment. Like I wish there was, I wish I could fucking download an app on my phone and everything would be fucking great, but it's not. And it's not that my life isn't great. I love my life, but I'm just saying in these moments, like I would rather be having this conversation on a helicopter on my way to an airport to go, uh, you know, into outer space with Elon Musk right now. That'd be the ideal scenario. It would be, but we, but that's not where my life is. Will it be one day? I don't know if I want it bad enough, But but you ask yourself, what do you want? How bad do you want it? What are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? Because I promise you, If the answer is anything less than no excuses, just results, it ain't going to happen.
1: So true. You have to be willing to get uncomfortable, period. No matter what it is you want, you have to be unwilling to get uncomfortable to do it. Because if you don't have it right now, then what you're doing isn't making it come. So that means you have to get out of your comfort zone in order to achieve it, period. That's the bottom line.
0: Yeah, it's so true, my friend. I want to say thank you so much for being here. Before I can ask you my last question, Can you tell everyone where they can find you?
1: Yes, they can find me uh, on pretty much any social platform uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, Jessica Brothers, at Jessica Brothers Life, L I F E, Jessica Brothers Life. Or you can visit me at jessicabrothers.com as well.
0: Amazing. And of course, we'll put all those links in the show notes for the listeners. Jessica, my friend, my last question for you What does it mean to you to be? unbroken
1: free free from the cage that i put myself in it feels like free it feels like freedom to to create whatever i choose and to to receive anything i desire that's what it feels like when i was un, when i was broken i stopped it from happening so it's freedom it is true freedom and with that comes true internal happiness for sure
0: Beautifully said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see you. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six week daily. Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive, it's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone.